This episode of the Early Risers podcast is sponsored by the 5-Day Peak Performance Challenge. Guys and girls, if you are an entrepreneur or high performer struggling with poor focus, low energy, or no time, or maybe you're just looking to push yourself and level up your mental clarity and your daily performance without caffeine or other types of drugs, make sure to check out this challenge. In just five days, you're going to learn how to explode your daily energy, focus, and time, propel yourself into a deeper and more restful sleep, and build massive productivity and momentum in your life. People have been loving this challenge so far, and if you're ready to commit to taking things to that next level, make sure you check out the show notes for the link to join. Five days, five different ways to explode your performance. Make sure you check it out. And with that being said, let's get into the show. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Early Risers podcast. I'm your host, Skylar Deem, and I am an early riser. Guys and girls, if you are a first-time listener to the show, welcome. The show is all about helping you live a more effective life, and it's called the Early Risers Podcast because I truly believe that someone who's an early riser is someone who's focused on living life more effectively, right? Because you could sleep in until 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. or whenever you technically have to wake up, but you're deciding to wake up just a little bit earlier and to use that extra time for uninterrupted personal development. So you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. to be an early riser. If you're used to waking up at 9 a.m., you could wake up at 8.45 and use those 15 minutes to set yourself up for a better day, right? That's all it takes because the reality is it's not about the huge leaps that you're making every day. It's about those small steps forward that you take daily. So this show is really here to help you improve. I'm super, super excited to have you here. And before we dive into the show, I have a couple cool announcements. Number one, of course, this show is free, and my one ask is if you get any value out of it, make sure you head over to iTunes, you check out the reviews, you know, read a couple, they've got some great ones there, but also, more importantly, if you could leave a rating and review on the show, that would mean the world to me. This show puts a lot of effort into it. There's a lot of time and effort spent into creating the show, into cultivating, finding guests, recording episodes, editing putting together all the materials, and it really is a task that I do basically by myself. So um, if you are really getting value out of this, it would mean the world to me if you could head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. And not only that, not only does that help me, but it helps rank the show higher, which in turn helps me get more high-level guests for you. So it's a win-win for both of us. If you have not headed over to iTunes and done that yet, make sure you do that now. I'll wait. I'll wait for you to pause and I'll let you come back. Uh, But now that you're back, welcome back, first of all. But the second exciting announcement is later this year on October 26th out in Chandler, Arizona, I'm going to be speaking at the Ascendant Seminar. Now, if you are near the Arizona area, I would love to see you there. This is going to be a super transformative event. It's for millennial entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their business. So if you are making under six figures a year, this seminar is a you-cannot-miss event. Uh, we have some kick-ass speakers. We have some really just powerhouses who are all focused on helping you level up. And I'm really, really proud to be a part of this event because it's a different type of seminar. I know a lot of seminars that I've been to, it's kind of like, it's a little confusing, like speakers are kind of all over the place, 
the first 30 minutes of every speaker speech is kind of giving you just a little information and then the last 30 minutes are them selling you on their program but this event is really really focused on just giving you as much value as possible and it's really there to see you succeed. So if you're interested in checking out details, head over to ascendantseminar.com and check out the details there, and I'd love to see you. But with that being said, we have an awesome guest today. We talk about some awesome stuff, including God. We talk about traveling. We talk about a lot of other experiences. So with that being said, let's get into the show. So today's special guest is Wesley Bear. Wesley is the host of the Fitness Journey podcast. In October, Wesley decided to quit his corporate job of four years to go after his dreams, which were to travel. He went on a four-month sabbatical through Southeast Asia and is currently working on starting his own coaching business in the life coaching space. And I'm super, super excited to have Wesley on the show just because traveling is something that I'd love to get into. And I know that he has a bunch of awesome experiences besides that that I do want to talk about. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Wesley to the show. Wesley, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. You mind starting us off just kind of, you know, giving us a background about who you are and a little bit about what you got, what got you here? Yeah, definitely. So uh, for me, the last, I would say probably eight months of my life have been pretty crazy, something I never thought of, something I dreamed of, but didn't think it was actually going to happen. And so I was, you know, right when I graduated college, I wanted to work in sports. It was my dream to uh, start in sales and then hopefully own my own team in the future. So what I did was I realized that video content at the time was not that strong. Nobody was making videos. Uh, There wasn't the technology that we have now. And so what I did was I sent videos to every single sports team in the United States, like even women's basketball. And I started getting interviews and, and I said, am I ready for this? Am I like, what if I get a job in Los Angeles or what if I get a job in New York? Am I going to be ready to go? And so I actually got a job offer with the Memphis Grizzlies. And I was like, okay, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was like, but you know what? This is a, a one in a lifetime opportunity because I had no experience really in the sports industry. And so right before I was about to leave, probably about a week and a half, I was still looking at apartments, my mom got sick. And I said to myself, well, family is really important, even though Memphis isn't too far. Um, it really made me uh, think pretty deep and saying, like, is this right? You know, should I really do this? Because the pay was dirt cheap. I mean, it's re- it was really bad. Mm. And so her health was way more important to me. And so I decided to stay here in Atlanta. And so I turned down a job offer that, you know, really could have pushed me forward in my career. And um, after that happened, I I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, well, I guess I could get another job. And so I got back into the corporate corporate life and uh, was working at AT AT&T as a store manager and was doing 80 to 90 hours a week. And I was hating my life. And I was like, this is not okay. And so I ended up getting out of that and taking a job at a uh, logistics company here in Atlanta. And I remember walking through the door for the interview. And while I'm getting interviewed, people are throwing footballs across the room. Somebody was like drinking a beer and it was midday. And I was like, okay, this is a little crazy, but I kind of like it. And so I ended up taking a job there. And 
at first, I loved it. I loved the people. I loved working with just some badass individuals, you know, like people just out of college, big into sports. And I became very successful. In my first seven months, I was able to hit a senior role, which was unheard of. And I sat there and I was like, okay, Wesley, don't let this ego get to you. You know, you've never been in this position before, but I was making six figures at (laughs) 24 years old in corporate job. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the problem was, is, you know, I started to make more money. And, uh, with that, I was working more, I was working more hours. I was working till two in the morning, sometimes taking calls, was getting three hours of sleep and I was just fed up with it. And I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like this, my mental health was, uh, terrible at that point. And I ended up staying there because I was scared. I had fear to start my own thing. I was like, you know what? I have however much in my savings account. But if I leave today, like I might fail at my, my own business. And that's not what I want. And so I, uh, <laughs> I just kept doing that for a year. And I was stuck in this hole. I was stuck in that rabbit hole that so many people are trying to get out of. And they don't know when. And uh, I actually, right in September of last year, I can't speak too much about it, but I got casted for a show here in Atlanta, randomly, like out of nowhere, um, a dating show. And all my friends were like, Wesley, this is crazy. No way. You're like, you're going to get cut day one. Nobody believed in me. And I was sitting there right before the show started, right before I, I uh, moved into the house. And I said, that's a problem with society is when, when people are at their their highs Unless other people are at their highs, they normally will not be there for you. Mm. And that's not with all society, but uh, I realize a lot of my friends, when when they're in that moment and they're weak, they won't support people that are striving or you know having success. And uh, so I did the show, and I was like, you know what, uh, no strings attached, going to do this and see what happens. And uh, right when I got done with it, the day after. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm quitting this job. And I walked in and they were also really not supportive of me for the the job or for the show. And so I left and um, I went home and I spent a lot of time meditating and talking to people and saying, what is it that I want to do? And so I started a podcast. I launched the Fitness Journey Podcast, which is a podcast that shares uh, stories and journeys of people in the fitness and health space. Some of my guests are um, athletes. Some of them are trainers. Some are uh, health practitioners, doctors, anyone that has a story that uh, how fitness really changed their life. And so I did that for uh, a few months very consistently. I was doing uh, six episodes a week. And I was loving it. And I was like, man, this is something I really see myself doing in the future. But I wasn't making any money on it. I wasn't monetizing it. I was just doing it for fun. And having that time to be alone and be in silence, I saw a post on Facebook of one of my friends being in Bali. And I was like, I'm going to look into this. Like, I've, I've heard about Bali and it looks really cool. And so I did. And I remember that next week on a Tuesday at 1032 at night, I booked a one-way flight to Bali. And mm-hmm. I did it because I wanted to break that comfort zone I was in. I wanted to break down the wall of fear. You know, I was scared. I wasn't scared to jump on a plane. I wasn't scared to travel. I was, I was scared 
to be there and be like, what is going to happen afterwards? I was so focused on the after effect. And so when I got there, I didn't know how long I was going to stay. I didn't know if I was going to stay two months, three months, four months. And after about two weeks, I said, this is what I need. And so I, um, I told my parents, I said, I'm going to be here a lot longer than I thought. And uh, I sold everything I owned back home. And I stayed out there, traveled to 11 countries in four months. And I just returned about uh, a little under a month ago. And I'm working right now to um, create a life coaching business that helps people escape the nine to five rat race that they're in and be able to really go after their dreams or their passions or whatever it is that is uh, what, what they're looking for in life. It could be freedom and they're missing because they're stuck. Mm. So that's my goal is to really help um, not just motivate people, but to really impact their lives and for them to see that there's so much more out there than what they're so used to every single day. So yeah, that's a little bit about um, what's been going on the last eight months of my life. That's awesome, man. And honestly, I think you are like a perfect guest for the show because I know when most shows put this stuff together, you're hearing from the person who is still kind of in that cycle of just waking up, going through the motions, or mm -hmm. it's the person who's already made it. But, you know, it's obviously like it's it's common sense to realize, even though it kind of can get lost in social media, but it is common sense to realize that there is a process and there are steps you have to take. And when these people become successful and quote, make it, you know, it wasn't just an overnight success. It, it was a long process. So first of all, just shout out to you for, you know, realizing that this is something that you want, not just staying in that corporate space. Um, second of all, are you able to put like a finger on what pushed you to make such a drastic change within like a week? Because you said you did this date, this dating show, and then you immediately after the day after quit your job. And then within the week you had booked a flight to Bali. And like, that is a crazy switch. Um, especially from someone who, you know, you said it took you over a year to actually muster up the courage to quit. So was there something specific that really drove you or was it like like what just what happened yeah it was actually um it was that week i was just finishing up i had hired a coach um and let's see what time frame that was probably during the summer of last year and i had this guy that i'd been seeing him on instagram and i didn't hire him for the fitness side i hired him for the mindset development which i think is really key if you want to lose weight if you want to get into fitness you have to have mm. the right mindset before you step foot in the gym and so i started working with him it was like a three-month program his name was reuben brooks and the last day of my coaching which was a, a call he said i remember i was sitting at a starbucks outside and he said wesley you do so much for other people i see it i know it he said you need to go do something for yourself and that's what led me to doing that. I sat there, I wrote down my bucket list items that week. I wrote down a love letter to myself. And one of the top bucket list items I had was to travel to the other side of the world, to touch an elephant in Thailand, to um, hang out on the beach with friends and not have to worry about my phone being with me. 
and also to like ride a scooter around these countries and just adventure. So by that week, him telling me that, that's when I started to really write things down. And then my mind started to visualize it. Mm. And once I visualized it, that's when things came to me. And I, that's how I think life is in a nutshell, is you, if you start to see what you want in your life, little things will pop up out of nowhere. Little small tidbits like the, you know, I believe in angel numbers. You know, today I was making a, a video on, on that corporate job and how to help to get out of it. And I remember looking at the end of the video after it was done and the time said three, three, three. And I'm big on those numbers, three, 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 four, 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 all those. And so I started to see these things and they started aligning to what I wanted. And if it, if it wasn't for my coach and if it wasn't for that girl posting about Bali, I wouldn't have went. Hmm. And, you know, the show kind of, I think, helped me. It gave me the courage because I wasn't working at the time. But it was that last week. It was that moment with my coach um, that really helped me have the courage to hit that pay now button. Mm, I love it. Um, two things that you said during that popped out, and I do want to just dive into them a little more. So the first thing is writing a love letter to yourself. Um, I've heard about this before, but I kind of just like to hear, you know, you don't have to go into details or anything, but like, what did you get out of doing that? And if you want, feel free to explain to the listeners, like what the purpose of that is. Yeah, uh, sure. So for me, at first, I thought it was stupid, to be honest with you. Um, like, I was like, mm -hmm. this is not what, what, this is so weird. And he told me, he said, Wesley, I want you to do this. I want you to really see what it is you love about your life. And, and I know there's several things. And so I actually wrote a few of them. I wrote a few of these love letters. And um, for me, it was like telling myself that, that I'm strong, telling myself that um, I love the passion I have for, for work and helping people and to be of service. And to write it down, it's just like journaling. When I'm writing these things down and it says, you know, I love that you're having the courage to do this. I, I love that you, you know, invested in yourself by hiring a coach that changed your life. And I love that you um, decided to you know, help more people with this time that you have. And so I think starting to see that, and I, and I suggest this to everyone, it's like maybe once every few weeks or once a month, just sit down with yourself in complete silence and write down your strengths, write down the things you love about you. Because what you'll see is if you love them about you and you are that person, people will start to tell you that. Mm -hmm. People will start to say, man, hey, love what you're, you know, I love that you went on this journey and now you're teaching us how to do it. I'm like, man, I, I love that too. I appreciate that. So it's something I highly suggest uh, to, to everyone. It's, it's going to make you also step out of your comfort zone. Nobody does this. So mm. that's why I think I had to do it because I had never done it before. Mm. I like that a lot. Um, and then the second thing you mentioned was angel numbers. I've actually never heard of that before. Um, I know mm -hmm. like the eleven eleven, but you yep. know that's kind of the only thing I'm I'm aware of. Yeah. So angel numbers. Um, what will happen is so my I was in a fraternity at uh, Kennesaw State, 
and my roster number was 333. I didn't ask for it, it just happened to be 333. And what you will see, and this works, if you start to see these numbers of 333, 444, 555, 777, even 666, uh, all those kind of numbers, once you see it, I'm telling you, either that day or the next day, you'll see it again. Because your mind is noticing it. Your mind's noticing that 333. Like, you could be in your car, and this happens to me all the time. You could be in your car and look up, and the time is 444. And you're like, okay. And then 20 minutes later, I'm driving, and someone's license plate number says 444. And so it's it's crazy how the mind works. It's all in the mind. If you If you, if you see it, and you pay attention to it, it'll pop up. But if you're not paying attention to these numbers, then it's not going to, it's not going to really happen. But there's been days where I've seen three, 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 like eight times. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it happened to me when I was in, um, in Bali, when I was with Brett Gosenbach, it was crazy. Our, we were staying at a hostel or a hotel and we go to you know book it or whatever. We show up and she hands over our room card and it's two, two, two. And I'm like, Okay, that's crazy. Well, the next day I was leaving to go to Malaysia and I get in Malaysia and my room number is 111. And I was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. And then I went out that night and I, I went and grabbed a drink and it was $4.44. Hmm. And so it doesn't have to be just the three three threes all the time, but you'll start to see it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Is there like so, a, a significance to it or is it just kind of like a cool thing that kind of shows you how the brain there, works? Yeah, I think if you look in the spiritual world, it's there is uh, each number has a different uh, meaning. I don't know what each of them are. I know 333 is a mind, body, and soul. So it, it's a connection between your mind, your body, and your soul. 888 has a, a certain meaning in it. You know, this is something that people came up with years and years ago. But for me, I believe in it. And if you or any listeners out there, if you guys start to see one of these numbers, be focused on that number. And I bet you that day you'll see one again somehow. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So you are, uh, you're a spiritual person, right? 100%. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting because you're, so you're, would you label yourself a Christian? Yes. Yeah. So, so my parents are both heavy Christians. I'm kind of figuring my stuff out still. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I believe in God and all that. Um, but it's interesting because there's like those two different types of Christians, like the ones that they're focused on just the physical world and then they have a relationship with God. And then there are the ones who they buy into this other stuff, this meditation Mm -hmm. and this, uh, the angel numbers or whatever else you want to say. Um, so I, I just wanted to acknowledge that and appreciate that. Um, so zoning kind of into your experiences overseas, because that's like a, I don't know, to me, it's just really fascinating. It's something that I definitely want to do at a point in my life. Um, do you have like any significant experiences from overseas that you'd want to share? Maybe like a favorite country or favorite experience, favorite place you've been? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so when I started my journey, I started in Bali. I was there about a month and a half. Uh, I started in a villa with five people, kind of like a co-living space. And then I started adventuring to hostels. I never stayed in a hostel before. And I was like, man, this is so much fun. It's cheap. You get free breakfast. 
and you get to hang out with all these people and they're all on similar missions, most of them. And so being in Bali uh, for that long, I, I will say I had these high expectations going into it. I had this high expectation that I was going to find myself, that I was going to see, see something that just uh, awakened my body and my soul. And the problem I had with that and my suggestion to anyone that does a trip like this is to not have expectations. Don't mm. have these high expectations. Accept every day as it is. Live in the present moment and not be so focused what's next. Because once you do that, you start to lose sight of, of what's in front of you. Um, you know, for me, it was like I'd be in the gym and I would be focused on what I was about to eat. And it would distract me from my workout. And so when I was in Bali, that was, that was a, a teaching moment for me. The first month, I, I was like, I love it, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could really like, live here ever. And the last two weeks uh, are what really helped me. I was in Shenggu, which is uh, probably one of my favorite places. It's very surfer vibe, you know, like uh, great food, a lot of vegetarian meals, which I'm not vegetarian, but a lot of healthier options. And so that was one of my favorite places uh, in Bali. And then I like Singapore. I like Malaysia, but they're big cities. So you're not going to get you know, too much of the beach or, uh, you know, it's, it's getting a little bit more expensive too. And then when I started going through, I went to Cambodia, Vietnam, and Thailand. And Thailand was my favorite, uh, specifically Koh Tao, Thailand. It's very calm. It's very chill. Uh, you got, it's a big, it's like a diver's paradise. So it's very well known for, uh, their diving there. Hmm. And so I was there, I thought I was going to be there for two days and I was there for seven. That's how much I loved it. The hostel I stayed in was amazing. The people, uh, right at that time I had met two other people from Amsterdam and I basically traveled with them for about two weeks. And so all three of us hung out, we stayed at the same places, we did the same things. And, uh, that was towards the end of my journey. So those two were my favorite, um, definitely liked other places, but I connected most with the people and with just everything that was involved. You know, when you, when you travel, you'll, you'll start to find things that annoy you maybe a little bit um, or that you just don't like. And those two places to me were like everything, everything just flowed well. I didn't have to worry about crazy traffic. I didn't have to worry about not getting a good meal. Um, I didn't have to worry about not enough activities and so, yeah, those are, um, I, I loved being in those two places. Now you see a lot of people go to those two places. Bali and Thailand are very trendy for most Americans to, to adventure. And it's a reasoning because it's beautiful mm. and the people are great and the food is good and it's just really cool experiences as well. Yeah. That's, that's somewhere I definitely am going to be checking out. It's on my vision board actually. Um, just being able to go there would be unreal. Uh, did you manage to keep up with your fitness while you were traveling? Uh, yeah. So I will say it's tough. Anyone that is listening to this that does travel, there's a few things I would suggest. Um, one of them is when you're going to these places, especially if you track macros and you track what you eat, it's very hard to do that because 
in Thailand, a lot of the stuff is not that healthy. Mm. <laughs> so you're going to be partying maybe, or you're going to be, you know, hanging out and eating these crappy food. It doesn't help you. And also, once you start adventuring to places like Cambodia and Vietnam, you're not going to find many gyms. Not only that, the gyms are going to be expensive. You know, you don't want to be traveling for four months and paying $10 a day to work out. Yeah. And so <clears throat> the first month when I was in, first month and a half when I was in Bali, I was in great shape. I, I didn't drink really at all. I definitely ate some desserts here and there, um, but I was working out five days, six days a week. When I got to Singapore, uh, it's very expensive, very expensive. It was like $40 for one guest pass. Wow. One day in a gym was 40 bucks, and I was like, I'm not paying that. That's what I pay for and, a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I'm not paying that. And then uh, Malaysia was like 15 bucks, so you know those places are going to be more expensive. And then uh, Cambodia and Vietnam and Thailand, they're, they're going to be on your cheaper side. So I would definitely suggest researching the places um, or creating um, at-home workouts. Mm -hmm. You know, follow somebody that does at-home workouts and maybe bring a few resistance bands with you or bring something that can help you because you'll catch yourself like being like, I want to be healthy. I want to work out, but you're going to be wanting to go on adventures and you might not have the time. And so I, I gained a little bit of weight, not a lot, but I gained about 10 not 10, five pounds uh, in four months. And when I got back home, I was like, man, I cannot wait to go into these big gyms and I can't wait to cook and I can't wait to like get my health back in shape. So it's, it's going to be tricky to anyone that goes over there. It's going to be tricky if you're going for four months or five months or six months because you're, you want to adventure. You want to go around and you might be on an eight-hour bus ride and then you get to your hostel and you check in and then you have other stuff going on. And you just forget about mm. it. So definitely outline what you want to do and uh, make days for, for ways that you can maybe do it at home. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Just having to be like super intentional with your health. Um, yes. But at the same time, I'm sure in certain areas, like there are, uh, you know, activities to do that are physical, like hiking or anything mm -hmm. along those lines, which I'm sure that helps. It did, man. I mean, if you go to, to like Bali in uh, the time frame I went, it's just so hot outside. And so you would, I mean, there would be days where I would walk like five, 10 miles, just all day long, just walking, walking, walking. And, you know, once you go to like um, Vietnam and Singapore, where you don't have scooters as much. You're going to be walking a lot. And so you're going to be burning a lot of calories, but, uh, still, you know, try to add in some things that are adventurous to, uh, to help with the time that, you know, you're not in the gym. Definitely. Did you find that you had a difficult time with anything else while you were traveling or did you find that maybe you burnt out? Like you, you were kind of like fed up with traveling after a while. Uh, I was never fed up with it. I will say though, I was, I was testing so many different things in my mind, like business wise that I thought I wanted mm. to create and traveling helped with that because I was able to be alone. But what happened was, is I was messing with my own mind because it wasn't 
I wasn't patient. I wasn't patient enough. I was like, I'm over here in Bali and I have all this time. I should be creating a business that's, you know, making $10,000 a month and it just happens right away. And it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and so um, I definitely got frustrated with um, the, there's one thing that I'm just so annoyed with and it's honking. I hate people that <laughs> honk. And if you go to Vietnam, it is the worst I've ever in my life ever heard. You will, you will be in the middle of Hanoi, Vietnam, and they honk for no reason. And they say they honk to tell you that they're there, you know, they're behind you. But they'll be honking, you'll be at dinner outside, and it'll be the whole time. The whole time you're eating, it's just honking, honking, honking. And I'm like, oh my God, please mm -hmm. get me out of here. And when I went to Thailand, it was the total opposite. I'm like, man, they, I guess they, uh, they're a lot nicer because you go to Vietnam, you better be ready for the amount of honking that's going to happen. Oh, man. So, okay, so you've done this traveling. You've, you've had these experiences. Um, and I know you're crafting this out, but, like, in terms of what's next, like, what, what's in your future, man? Yeah, so I have this, my big vision, and what I really want to do is um, – I want to speak on stages all across the world on uh, mindfulness and positivity and just spreading love. And I mm. want to do it in a way that's different. I want to be able to go to Spain and speak in Spanish. And I want to be able to go to France and be able to speak their language and really gain that trust. And so what I'm doing right now on my Instagram, I am um, every other day I make a, a post of positivity, but I do it on a whiteboard. And I do it in a different language most of the time. And all the writing is in that language. People were like, Wesley, why do you want to do this? And I said, for me, I want you to respond in that language. I, if I'm writing in Spanish, I want you to respond in Spanish so I can learn it. And so I can start, you know, writing it myself and not just sitting on the translator app the whole time. And so now if somebody responds in Spanish, I do get on the translator and I sit there and I read it for five minutes and try to remember it before I respond. And I think doing that, like I have this vision of uh, walking on stage uh, with this huge whiteboard, and it's kind of like my thing people know me for. And the whiteboard asks a specific question for the day. So it could be like, how important is the relationship with yourself? And so I'd be giving a speech, and the whole thing would be revolved around that specific question. And um, so I want to do that. And what I'm doing right now is I, I'm in the process of working with uh, different copywriters, different um, uh, people in the industry of the coaching space to get the clear vision of what it is I want. Because I know that for me, I want to be able to coach one-on-one -on -one and help people uh, escape their corporate job. Mm. And, it, and it, maybe it's not their corporate job. Maybe it's escape the the work that they're doing. Maybe they own their own business and they hate it. Escape whatever it is and, 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 and conquer that fear and do something outside their comfort zone. And I, I see, you know, this, especially in the travel space of being able to be successful in this. And what I want to do is then create a consulting business to where I have a, a myself as the, the, the main person and I have coaches that are underneath me in specific niches. So it could be a spiritual wellness coach. It could be a creative writing coach. 
It'd be a fitness coach. And it would be a team of individuals that are there to help people in these different spaces. And so that's what I, that's what I, I really want to do. I know it's going to take time, but I think doing that will lead to other things like creating a podcast that interviews people that have done a specific journey to mine, something similar to it. Hmm. And then after that, launching a book very similar to Tim Ferriss's Tool of Titans, where he interviews all these successful uh, entrepreneurs, athletes, whatever it is, I would want to then interview people that have went on a journey where they just said, you know what, screw fear, I'm going to travel and go to the other side of the world. And so I want to, I want to do all these things. And, you know, it's like my brain works in this creative way and it's like, you got to start somewhere. Um, but that's what I see in the next few years down the road is being able to build this business and to be known like my, I, I want to be known in a way that when someone sees me and say, Wesley, like, thank you so much for giving, you know, giving me the time to where I, I was able to see my future. And I was able to see what I really wanted. And that's what is impact to me. It's like going to Spain and, and having, you know, some lady come up to me and saying, Wesley, like you helped my family so much. Like that's what I really want in my life. Um, and so I'm working right now to, to, to get towards that. So hmm. I love it, man. And I have no doubts that you're going to get there and it's just a matter of time. Exactly. Patience, time, execution, and action. <laughs> Absolutely. All on a consistent basis. And that's the answer right there. Yep. Everyone listening like that. If you want to rewind 15 seconds, that was it right there. Key to life. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's like, uh, I just want people to, to, you know, have freedom. You know, we all want freedom, but some of the times there's just this, this one little thing this and it could be your relationship. It could be, the relationship you have with God is just really weak and it's your missing link to your chain. Mm. You know, it could be that missing link that propels you. I remember Chris Powell, he was talking on a, uh, a podcast and he said that for most people, it, it comes down to the intention that they, they have, but most of them are missing just one thing. It's one thing that is like, and that's why I think the book, The One Thing, is a really good book to, to read if you haven't read it, um, because it, it teaches you on the subject of, like, we're all probably missing that one thing. Mm, uh, it's actually, it's really yeah. Tell us. It's on my list for this year. It's awesome. Nice. Awesome, man. Um, I was going to actually wrap it up, but I do want to kind of give you an opportunity to um, just speak on your faith. I, I don't normally touch on this stuff on my show. and. Um, but I, I do think that it is important. And I do think that giving people just an opportunity to voice, voice their beliefs are important. And I've allowed other people to do that in the past. And, you know, this is something that I don't want to shy away from. So. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, you know, for me, and, and what I'll start with is when I, before I started to travel, I stopped going to church. I stopped, um, focusing on my inner health and my inner being and getting out there really, really made me appreciate, uh, myself more. You know, I, I, I tell everyone this, I, I'm a huge believer in God and I know he does massive things for all of us, even if we don't see it. 
Um, but we have to have a relationship with ourselves first. The most important relationship you have in your life is the one with yourself. Mm. And for me, then God comes after that. Because if I'm not in the space to be able, and for some, it might be reversed. But for me, if I'm not in the right space, then it's my entire problem. It's something that I have to fix. And it's, and it's a, a reason why self-love is so important. And so I'll, I'll read something to you. Um, I'm trying to actually uh, find it right now. Is I have a tattoo on my, on my left arm. And it's, there's a lighthouse and there's waves and other things. And it's Isaiah 43, 2. And it says, through the deepest of waters, I will be with you. And I was talking to somebody on Instagram and I made this post. And it said, no matter what storm you face, you need to know that God loves you and he'll never abandon you. And it's so hard because most people will go to God either when they're mad or when they need something. But mm. the problem is, is we should be going to God when we're at our highest points and we don't need him. We should be praising him for the moments where, where we think in our mind he doesn't deserve it, but he deserves everything. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve to be on this earth. We're so lucky to be on this earth. We're just a small speck. We're just a small little thing. And sometimes we think we're just so big and mighty and we control everything. We don't. And so I had to come to realize that like, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for my family, if it wasn't for certain things, I wouldn't be here to speak this message. I wouldn't be here to go on this journey. And it's tough, man. I will, I will say it's like when you're at your darkest of moments, that is normally when you don't care. That's normally when you know, you're sitting there saying, why me? Why this? Why did this happen? Why did this person, you know, steal my joy? Why this? But we have to step back and say, okay, this might have happened to me for a reason. You know, when I was 16 years old, I got robbed at gunpoint in a hotel room. I did nothing wrong. I didn't know the person. I was staying in a crappy hotel and I thought I was going to lose my life. And ever since that day, I said, you know what, there's a there's a 100% reasoning why I'm still here. That that man, that man that walked through that door could have shot and killed me. And it would not have phased him probably. But it was God watching over me saying, here's your chance. You know, here's here's another chance. Even though you did nothing wrong, here's a way for you to, to live through my word. And so I think it comes down to one thing, and that is... We talk about purpose. We talk about how important it is for us to find our purpose. And my message, and I'll end with this, is that we shouldn't be on a pursuit to finding our purpose. We should be on a pursuit for two things. And that's one, to find the place that our purpose lives. And sometimes that place could be in the middle of uh, a church. That place could be in the middle of Bali, Indonesia where you, you just see this thing, you see this thing. But sometimes you see, all, everyone's like, we need to be focused on finding this. And I say that, that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And our purpose is to live it through his word. It's, it's to live it through what we think he wants for us. And once we come to realize that, once we sit here and say, you know what, I might not know what I'm here to do, but I have faith that, that he's going to lead me in the direction that it's going to come to me. And you know what? I better be ready because your purpose has probably already hit you once and you weren't ready for it. So it, it's going to come again. There's going to be a time again to where it pops up and, and you're going to sit there and say, 
now I'm ready. Now, now I'm, I'm ready to put in the work. Now I'm ready to um, live this dream I, I've always wanted. And so I want people to do that. It's like, be ready, be open, be okay with change, be okay with discomfort, be okay uh, to be vulnerable as a man, be okay with asking another man, hey, I need help. I need help. Can you help me? You know, those things are, are, are some of the factors that we fear and we shouldn't because once you start opening up those areas, once you start you know, figuring that out, amazing, amazing things will come your way. Mm. Man, thank you for that. That was that was amazing. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, just to briefly touch. So so you said, like, you know, most people, they will go to God when they're angry or when things aren't going right. Um, do you keep a gratitude journal? Yeah. Um, so for me, when I was in, th- this is the thing I will say about gratitude. I don't think people should uh, wake up every morning and say, oh, I got to get to my three things of gratitude. I don't think you should have to do that. Mm. I think you should be, because I think your mind, there. I do it. <laughs> I write my gratitude in the morning. Um, but I was so like, fixated on like the three things and doing that didn't allow the gratitude to actually for me to see it as much. And so what I, what I do now is I, um, I will write pieces of gratitude in the morning and then I remember the things that have went on in my day. And at the end of the day, I write, these are the things I have seen and these are the things I appreciate so, so much. Um, Cause sometimes it's not going to, pop up in the beginning of the day. You know, I've seen my friends post on Instagram their gratitude and like some of them are like uh, the same things. It's like mm. uh, being able to sleep in, you know, that's, that's something to be grateful for, I guess, <laughs> you know, you have the time. Um, but when you see it so much, you're like, okay, I think you're just trying to write things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, but I do, uh, I, I will say it, it is important to, to write it out. It could be in your journal. It doesn't have to be one, two, three of gratitude. It could be just uh, creative writing in the morning that you mm. that you come up with. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. So actually, like a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode on gratitude because I'm like a huge, huge advocate for it, just how it affects the brain and, you know, just acknowledging and it's basically a way to make yourself happier. Um, mm. But in the episode, I said something that it's you have to reframe it like it's not an exercise that you have to do. It's an exercise that you get to do. Like this mm-hmm. is an opportunity for you to really acknowledge how blessed you are in your life. Like you may see or you may feel like things are bad. You may feel like things aren't going your way, but there's always someone who has it worse. It could always be worse for you. And yeah, it's just a way to like, I'm, I'm just a huge, huge advocate for it. It's a way to really change things in your own life. Yeah, man. And I think, you know, we need to be, we need to be ready for the darkest of moments. You know, we don't know when they're going to come, but once you become so grateful for the smallest of things, the other things won't phase you. I think of a, you know, I tell people this, when you think of an obstacle, this may sound cheesy, but when you think of an obstacle, so anything that's going on in your life that um, is a struggle, I think of it as somebody could be anyone throwing a spear or an arrow at me and I'm dodging it. I'm trying not to like get hit. What I started changing my brain is like, I think of it as somebody throwing a feather 
or a flower or something that's very light hmm. and me sitting there saying like, you know, it sounds cheesy, but like me sitting there and saying like, you know what, this isn't that bad. This really isn't that bad. I'm not going to die. This is something that uh, I'm probably going to learn from. And it's something I need because if life was just perfect and, and everything was going smoothly, we would all kill ourselves when something bad happened. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah, man. Wow. It's powerful. Uh, so for the people who are interested in connecting with you, where could they do so? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's just at Wesley Bear. So it's W-E-S-T-L-E-Y-B-A-E-R. Also the same on LinkedIn, um, Facebook. I am also starting to create a blog. And so I have my website, which is just www.wesleybear.com. And so I have some fitness content on there. And then I'm going to start uh, posting. I have my podcast on there as well. So you'll be able to find the Fitness Journey podcast. Uh, you can also find it on Spotify or on iTunes. And yeah, just type in my name. And you know, anyone that's listening to this, if you are going on a journey similar to mine or you just need some help, um, if I can help in any way just to give you advice, I'm always here to do that as well. Awesome, man. So now just to move on to some rapid fire questions, just to uh, get a few points of view from you. So number one, is there something that you purchased in the recent past under $100 that has really affected your life? Yeah, um, I would probably say when I was in uh, Vietnam, I had no like literally was trying to find uh, books constantly for like a month, like literally a month. And there was one book and I actually have it sitting right next to me and it was $7 and 99 cents. And it's called the monk who sold his Ferrari. And it's about a fable about fulfilling your dreams and reaching your destiny. And it's a game changer. It's by Robin Sharma and it's an amazing book. And mm -hmm. so I was able to find this and I was so upset because for over a month, there was no bookstores anywhere and I was able to find it at the end of my trip in Vietnam. Awesome, man. And then another little question. Uh, so there's a segment on the show called my current obsession. And I am curious if there's something in your life that you are currently obsessed with. It doesn't have to do with anything that we talked about, anything you do, but if there's some strange little obsession or something that you're weirdly focused on, what would that be? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like, I love video content. Mm. So it's not like for me every day, I think about creating videos every single day. My mind is so fixated on like these small little things. And I'm like, man, this could be created in something magical. And so, uh, yeah, that's something that like I'm super obsessed with. It's just like consuming video content, creating it and coming up with ideas, uh, to hopefully have a piece that can impact someone's life. Awesome, man. And then we covered a lot today, and I'm all about big, actionable steps. So if there was one action step that you could give someone who, you know, they listen to this podcast and they're ready to take action, what would that one step be? That one step would be uh, to be in complete silence, to be alone. Put yourself in a place where there's nobody distracting you. It could be in the middle of a, the woods. It could be in the middle of a forest. It could be... Uh, on a canoe in the, the, the river, whatever it is, spend time with yourself, really figure out who you are. Because if before you can try to figure out the next steps before you can create a business, you have to be in the right relationship with who you are. Mm -hmm. And so being in silence will give you that opportunity. 
you know, being alone and shutting your phone off. And don't worry about the, the Instagram messages that are coming through, the Snapchat, the Tinder message, whatever it is. Because your mind starts to, to see that and it starts to be fixated on that. And it starts to be like, oh, yeah, that's going to come up today. Nope. Be in silence. Be alone. Do it for a few days. And I would also suggest to separate from social media during that time and find out who you are. Mm. Super, super important. All right, man. If you had one final message, what would it be? My one final message would be for people out there to do this one thing, and it's to envision what your life would be. Vision what it would be if you could, if you really, really wanted to, like something that you really, really want in your life. And if what you're doing right now does not align to that vision, stop it. Stop, you know, work, don't, don't be working that corporate job that, that you're super stressed with, but you want to travel and you're just going to keep pushing it off. And so spend the time. I think it'll also lead into spend the time with yourself and seeing what it is you want in your life. Write it down. Stare at it every single day. Write it. It could be a vision board. It could be whatever it is. Right now, while we're on this podcast, I have this huge whiteboard next to me that says uh, my mission. And lately, I've been looking at that every day. And if anything comes up that isn't aligned to that, I don't pursue it. Mm. So... Pursue something that um, you really want in your life because we only have one and it's so competitive out there. There's so many things you can do. So go after it, travel, have freedom, whatever it is that you really want in your life. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Wesley. This has been great. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me.